Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. Um, today is Monday, Eastern, and it is what March twenty eighth. Twenty eighth, yes. Um, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We hope everybody had a great weekend and a happy Easter if you celebrate. And a happy Easter if you celebrate. Um, the <laughs> mission of our show is to use our collaborative powers, skills, networking, abilities mm. to Make a difference in the workplace, your life, and the world. I love it. Okay, and um, we firmly believe there is greatness in everyone, okay, um, and it's on all of us to not leave it on the table or leave it in your head. Well, it's, yeah, it's important because every single person have, has gifts, and that's why I'm kind of excited about our guest today, too. But I know we don't want to get into it quite yet, but I am excited for our guest. So, okay, so, um, yeah, one of the reasons I'm excited is it really, selfishly, it really um, explains or we really get to showcase what our show is all about, right? Mm. Because it's the title is Corporate Talk, so people say, oh, what do you uh, – Tweak spreadsheets, you know? Well, they don't really say that, but it's mm -hmm. not just about leadership, right? It's all connected. Right. 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 Um, and, man, uh, and I know I say this, um, we are privileged to have met our guest. And in that short time, it's like, okay, we will talk more, but there's something well, here. You know, because we really like everybody that we meet. Because the people that we meet are great. And today's guest is no exception. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I really don't know what else to say, so we will, uh, well, introduce. I, yeah, I do know what to say, right? You know, I'm, I'm excited because today we're actually having someone that uses their intuition and we're going to be talking about clairvoyance and intuition, which is really, really exciting. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Okay. So this is great. We gave, Everyone, a little time to get in, hopefully, uh, and we will be sharing this all week, so um, not to worry. I would love to introduce our very, very special guest, author, speaker, are ready for this, personal growth hacker, Trisha Stewart Shu. Trisha, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi. 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 Um, <laughs> great. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm I'm doing great, absolutely um, great. It's a beautiful uh, day. <laughs> excellent. So glad to be here. Um, that's we we get to cheat, right? We feel selfish because we get to tap into our guests as well, right? Yeah, so I know. It's session. always so fun. Yeah. So believe us both. We're really grateful to have you. So first, share with us your website so others can follow along or at least get it. Okay, it's uh it's T as in Trisha, 
Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, Shoe, S-H-I-U, dot com. So tstewartshoe, dot com. Okay, excellent. And tstewartshoe, dot com, and we'll spell it out during the show as well. So, um, so Tricia, I'm not really sure where to start because I have so much and as to you, I guess, right? Well, and I'm, I'm going to say something that you might, may or may not share. I know that when someone is an intuitive or a clairvoyant that you have trouble with that a little bit. Me. You. Uh, I get a little, uh, um, you get edgy. I get a little intimidated, <laughs> you know. Um, to be like, it's all those dark thoughts in there, but that's really not, I don't think what Trisha does. Yeah, no. Right. Um, I would like to just start, if that's okay, Trisha, with this book, The Gatekeeper's Guide. Is that, um, it's, can you explain that to us? Or first, can we get that through your website? Sure, absolutely. You can get it through my website. It's on Amazon as well. Um, and it is a series of rituals uh, to divine all kinds of amazing things. Uh, what I wanted to do, I, it, there are three-minute rituals that you can do anywhere um, and bring in sort of a, you can shift the energy, almost like feng shui for the air. So, for example, if you're if you are really stuck, um, you can divine angelic guidance, or you can uh, bring in protection if you feel uncomfortable but you don't know why. Uh, so, really amazing uh, rituals that you can do. And then I also they're recorded as well, so they're on iTunes. Hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, I love it. It's fantastic. I, I want to first say that you know we're approaching our fourth year. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a high percentage of our guests have published something. Mm. OK, so I want everybody to just forget about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This book can save the world. Right. Um, and it, this book can make a difference in your life and the world, just like our mission. Right. Right. Because what you're doing is you're not just using what's on the physical plane. You're starting to. um dip into other resources that not everybody realizes are out there for us to use. Or even when we do realize them, we don't always maybe pull it in correctly. So, yeah. So, Trisha, I always say, like, to myself, um, I need a team, and I have I have my virtual mentors that I look um, after. This is kind of the same thing, right? You're no longer alone. I mean, you have you have – what would you call it, um, empowerment potential out there? Exactly, exactly. You know, what I believe is, you're right, we're not alone. Um, you know, so many people, at least, you know, I've I really put these, um, these rituals, uh, I used them quite a bit when I was working in the corporate world. Mm. I did a lot of stuff just at my desk because I'm sensitive um, you know, I felt, you know, a lot. I felt a lot of things going on around me. And what I noticed most of all is that many people are just closed off to it. I totally agree with Eva. I think we all have gifts. I believe we all have intuition. And um, I observed people, the most successful people, using their intuition. Um, it, and maybe they didn't call themselves clairvoyant. But the people that I worked with, these really, you know, high-level people, 
used their intuition minutes, every minute of the day. They were using it uh, in, I can tell you, three ways specifically that I observed people using their intuition in ways that anyone can use. So you ready? I'm ready. I have my pen Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so the first way that these people used their intuition uh, was with timing. So they, they used intuition to, you know, for, to make business deals or to schedule appointments or to, you know, move money around or that kind of thing. The other way was trust. They used their intuition to pick situations that were trustworthy, people that were trustworthy, and, and then they let that go. Uh, and then the third way was reading people, getting a quick read on people and getting an accurate read on people. What do you and mean, it, and let that go, when you say that? Um, so when you trust something, instead of second-guessing it, um, because so many times you can get caught up in the minutia of a decision, and then that kind of gets you stuck. So you're unable to really move forward. And what I noticed with high-level people um, that are incredibly successful is that they were able to quickly make a decision, trust their intuition, trust the, the, the decision that the intuition made, and then move forward. You know, it's funny. I was just, I was going to ask, um, sometimes people would misinterpret that as going with your gut. Um, and I see the difference now because I would say I go with my gut, but then I squirm over the decision relentlessly and never really trust it and let it go. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. Um, absolutely. Wow. Um, and so how do you, so I wanted to take a step back for a second because I love those three different ways to use it in corporate, but also I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between a clairvoyant and an intuitive and what that means. Cause I think there's listeners out there that don't, you know, this is kind of new to them or they've, they've heard it, but they don't necessarily know what the definition is of a clairvoyant as opposed to someone with intuition or if they're one and the same. Okay, so, um, you know, the way that I define any kind of um, clairvoyant is a part of a grouping of clair senses. So, you know, we've got our regular senses, taste, touch, sense, uh, you know, sight, hearing. Um, every one of those senses has a an extra sense, has an extrasensory um, piece to it. So clairvoyant is just this, extrasensory sight. So there's a regular seeing. Uh, you know, you look out the window, you see the breeze blowing the trees around and everything. Um, the extrasensory part of that is something that you uniquely see. Um, okay. You can see, Some people see energy. Some people see, you know, wow. sixth sense. They see dead people. You know, yeah, all I was kinds just going to say that. Yeah. There, there's clear audience, which is people who hear things that are just outside of what uh, the normal realm of hearing is. Um, so that's what clairvoyance is. Intuition, um, I'm, I'm basically saying it's your special way of interpreting anything extrasensory. So, you know, what I've been creating, a, I'm going to start speaking soon about this, um, and the way that I'm talking about using your intuition I don't want to say specifically if you see or if you hear or if you sense something because everyone interprets it in different ways. So some people, um, they just 
sense that something's different. They just sense that something's wrong, and they're not quite sure what that is. Um, so that's called clairsentience. Um, so there are different ways to interpret. They're all extrasensory, which means just above and beyond what the normal senses are. So when you guys say we all have gifts to bring, um, is it? Can you say that everyone has that ability? to be a clear something, or they just have to learn how to go in there and trust it? Uh, well, here's what I believe. Yes, I think we all have, um, if not one, multiple ways of understanding things, just like we have the sight and sense and hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have ways in, of interpreting things. And here's how I give an example for people who have just can't even imagine that they could understand something. Say you're driving along and you're stopped at a stoplight. Um, you're in your car, your windows are up, and you feel like the person next to you is looking at you. You look over there, and they are. Mm-hmm. That is an extrasensory experience. Um because you're there, and there's another person there, and you felt them before you saw them. Hmm. Um, so that's a good example um, of what most people experience every day, um, but probably just sort of write it off. And a lot of times people get hunches, and that gut feeling that you had, Charlie, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times people don't know what to do with it. So they get this feeling, but then they're like, oh, great, I can't. It, I can't hear it. I can't touch it. So, what am I supposed to do with this thing, this hunch? Um, and so, I also talk about how to investigate. There are ways to investigate the hunches, ask for more information, and ways to sort of interpret things. Wow, that's cool. You know, what do I do? I just bite my nails. I don't know <laughs> what to do with it, right? Um, that is fantastic information. Um, ask for more information. Wow. Um, so hold on, everyone. Um, this is unbelievable. I'm really pumped. We have to take our first break, um, but I want to just shout out the website again. T Stewart, T-S-T-W-A-R-T-S-H-I-U.com. T-Stewart-Shoe.com. You've got to check it out. You've got to be a teammate with Tricia. Look at this fantastic book and, you know, Stop making a difference because, you know, we need your help. So please stay with us, everyone. Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and very special guest, Trisha Stewart-Chu. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars, But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. 
And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is author, speaker, and personal growth hacker, Tricia stewart Shoe. And you can learn more about Tricia at her website at tstewartshoe, and shoe is spelled S-H-I-U dot com. And so, Tricia, you know, you were explaining the difference between clairvoyance and intuition and how, you know, I kind of think of it as a muscle that we have to work. But I also think that there are some people that, like you, are really good at it. Like some people are really good, like Charlie's really good at playing baseball. You know, I mean, and, and I can go out there and I can, you know, swing at the ball, but it's not going to be quite the same as someone that just kind of has a natural propensity for that. Um, when did you realize that you were clairvoyant, that you had a little bit extra that most people, that most people maybe don't? Uh, when I was young, I was about uh, probably four or five, um, mm. and I was visited by a spirit, and mm. um, I have a very clear recollection of that, and, um, you know, I received some interesting messages about that, but then also, you know, because of, uh, my mom was a single mom, my parents divorced when I was quite young, I... Uh, just my environment didn't really allow me to be really open with it. So mm-hmm. I kept it under wraps for years and actually kind of occasionally I'd remember, but it was capped. It was really capped over. Um, and you know what? I would, I agree with you, Eva. What I believe is that the, those people that have the propensity for being intuitive um, usually had to use it at a young age. There was some reason why they had to stay uh, connected to a certain part, like reading, say, reading the energy around, um, especially if the, the atmosphere was volatile in some way or, um, you know, they needed to stay vigilant about either seeing or hearing or something like that. And so then they developed that little extra sense, that muscle, I totally agree, was just uh, strengthened in a way that, you know, it kind of goes to sleep for other people. Mm-hmm. They didn't really need to use it. Yeah. And so when you when you got older and you started tapping into it, because I would think that being visited by a spirit would be scary. Um, I don't know if that was scary for you, but then later, when did you actually start tapping into it again? When did you realize that it was okay to do that, or did it just start happening again? Well, actually, there was a pretty clear event. Um, I uh, was, you know, I'd, I'd had my daughter, Sydney, she was like two my husband uh, and Sydney and I went on vacation to Hawaii, and uh, we, I think I had a moment to myself, and so I decided to take a nap and laid down and was visited by a Hawaiian spirit. And uh, wow. it's funny, I think that first experience was less jarring than the second <laughs> experience. Wow. <laughs> uh, but it was it was kind of funny because I was pretty skeptical about it. Um, the spirit started telling me things about, uh, you know, first of all, me, my writing. Then my mother-in-law, who is from Hawaii uh, and, and is, I think, fifth generation wow. uh, Chinese from Hawaii. Um, so the, the spirit started telling me stuff about her and, like, stuff to say to her. And at the time, I was like... I can't share something that I thought in my head with, you know, my, you know, my family. 
Um, and so I asked for proof. I actually said, I, you know, you got to show me something. And so what ended up happening just in that first visit was uh, this, her, her name was Moa, one of those long Hawaiian names, but she um, said, just call me Moa. And she showed me this picture of someone I'd never seen before. Uh, and I, so I looked at this picture. It was in my mind's eye. So it was almost like I was in this twilight sleep kind of dreaming, but seeing this picture of a person I'd never seen before. And then Moa said, um, you know, just keep that in your mind. And I said, who is this? And she said, well, she's kind of a missing person to your mother-in-law. And I was like, okay. And I said, is that it? And, oh, that was, and her name was Sharon is what Moa said. So I was like, okay, those two pieces of information about somebody I've never seen before in my life. And then I woke up. Uh, and then uh, my mother-in-law came home with Sydney, and we went for a walk. And as my mother-in-law got ahead of me, she rounded this corner uh, at this community center so I couldn't see her, and I heard her squeal. And as I came around the corner, there she was with the woman in the picture. And my mother-in-law says, oh, my gosh, I've been looking for my friend Sharon for 20 years, and here she is. <laughs> I've got goosebumps. Okay. I think Charlie's going to go under. <laughs> wow. That's, um, I know it's great, right? I, I love these kinds of stories. I love these kinds of stories because, you know, when I first started reading about this and taking workshops and stuff, it was back in probably the early 90s, and nobody was really talking about it that much back then. Um, and now more and more people are talking about it because it's just, what is happening isn't that unusual anymore, even though it seems unusual. But if you think about it, right, if you can tap in to this different, I don't know if you want to call it realm or this different guidance that's out there. I think that's a better term, the different guidance that's out there. I mean, there's so much that we can do, but you know, like what you were saying when you were in corporate and you were working, you know, you were at Fox, you were working with Rupert Murdoch I mean, you know, that's a really tough pressure cooker environment. And having your intuition skills finally honed, God, it just saves so much time and energy. I used to ask, actually ask for guidance when I was coding, when we were working together at City. Really? Uh, yeah, when I would have a really tough problem and I couldn't figure it out, I would sit down and I would say, okay, I need whoever is a developer out there, and you need to tell me the answer now because I don't have time to mess up. I would just ask you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. And I would go out into the into the and other. Go, yeah. yeah. No, a, a couple of things here. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Uh, Trisha, you had said something that I thought was really cool, right? You mm -hmm. said, well, hmm, I went and asked for more information, which is just what you said in the first segment, right? Which is really cool. So somehow that was in your subconscious or whatever to continue trying to determine what this, this event was, right? It's pretty um, interesting. Uh, I know when I was four, if anything, the only type of spirit that I would have embraced somewhat was Casper. That's it. Oh, yeah. He, he was the only, because, <laughs> you know, he was ghost. the friendly ghost. And <laughs> I realized the that may there may have been more to that than you realize, right? Um, you know, interesting. 
so when we talk, you know, so, so you had these experiences and then from there it kind of kept moving forward. And then you started teaching people how to use their own intuition. Um, how do we know? Like, I know sometimes like I'll have a gut feeling, but I don't always know if it's like a real gut feeling or if it's sometimes just anxiety. Well, exactly. Um, you know, uh, emotions can get in the way a lot, and they mm-hmm. affect every part of you. They affect your decision-making on every level, so you're, you're right to be, you're right to question that. Um, I always believe that you should ask for more inf- information. Um, you know, there are steps to creating an environment, so, you know, first of all, Make sure that you're in a place, if you're going to tap into your intuition, so even I'm sure that when you asked for sort of coding information, that you um, probably did some things that you didn't even realize you were doing. So you made sure that you weren't going to be distracted for a period of time. You probably realized, okay, I need to sort of create some sort of protection in some kind of way so I feel safe. And then you asked, and then you waited for that piece of information to come in, and then that the most important piece is to not take it at face value, mm-hmm. um, to not just go, oh, well, okay, this is it, to actually ask more questions. Well, that seems a little unusual, and I'd say the most powerful pieces of information that I've gotten, I usually have to investigate more. So that last piece of investigation is key, um, and there are lots of ways to investigate. There are ways to investigate where you just, while you're still in that state of openness to receive information, just say, give me more. Tell me some more about that. Um, you can also, you know, finish up with whatever you're doing and then say, you know, for the rest of the day, I'm going to look for some validation outside myself. I'm going to look for some external validation and then just pay attention to some unusual events that happen around you. Um, and say, I want it to stand out. You know, here, here are the guidelines for my validation. I want it to be something that will be so stand out and so obvious that I can't miss it. Um, that's another way. The, other, the third way is to um, do muscle testing on yourself. Um, I do the body pendulum. And so, you know, you can go online and uh, YouTube and I think a bunch of other places you can learn how to muscle test, but it's, mm-hmm. it's very easy and you could do it yourself, which I love. You don't have to go refer to somebody else. Um, and that's another way. Well, you know, I didn't even think about in, about using muscle testing because I have been using it um, just with looping my fingers, which I found has been working. Like at first, when I first started doing it, I didn't really find that it was working. But lately, it seems to have been working pretty good. So I do like that. I hadn't even really thought about using muscle testing on intuition. So that was a really... Can, really can somebody uh, help me out here? What does that mean? Muscle testing is, um, well, typically, like you could, and, and just, Tricia, you're the expert, right? I mean, there's one way that you could do it with your arm, like you could press down on my arm. So if I say something false, I just don't have as much. You can take my arm and you can you can push my arm down even if I'm holding it out and I don't let you push it. But if I'm saying something that's true, my hand will stay Firm. And you can do it on yourself with, um, and Trisha, like you were saying, I mean, there's a bunch of YouTubes out there on different ways of muscle testing. Now, the, the one that you were saying was the body pendulum with, is that one where you sway? Is that how that works? It is. And actually, you know, everybody 
does things in different ways. Yeah. But, um, so muscle testing, I say, is a way to allow your body to tell you information. So you kind of, mm-hmm. you know, your mind can get in the way sometimes, but you have to, you have to release, you know, your emotions about whatever it is you're asking, and then um, asking your body, body through muscle testing, you have to do a yes or no question. Um, body pendulum is, yes, yeah, swaying either forward or backward. Just you say to yourself. You know, relax your body and say, show me a yes, and then just see which way your body swings. Sometimes it swings forward, sometimes it swings backward, and then say, show me a no, and your body will swing the other way. And then you can say, you know, was that intuition correct that I just received, you know, and then Mm. watch what your body does. Um, The thing I love about it, and yeah, and, you know, muscle testing by looping your fingers is great. Um, A lot of Chiropractors use muscle testing to test for, you know, compatibility with foods or, uh, you know, some kind of connection with mind-body issues, that type of thing. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting to do it. Now, I had someone do muscle testing on me a long time ago, and I didn't really trust it because I didn't. My gut said not to trust the person that was doing the muscle testing, <laughs> but um, um, all of that. When you start, when you first hear about it, it just seems so odd. But as you start doing it and you start getting different hits, like, you know, Trisha got, right? I mean, what you got was amazing with the dream. It's just amazing. And then to have that confirmation just so quickly was really amazing too. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get back too. But this is also interesting. I just love this topic. Um, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guest today, Trisha Stewart Shu will be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one hour keynote presentation or a five day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, our very special guest today, Trisha Stewart Shiu, is sharing her intuition and clairvoyant um, what methodology? Methodologies. We're talking metaphysics here. Um, it's shocking to me. Um, <laughs> T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T-S-H-I-U.com, T-Stewartshu.com. And this book, which I'm going to talk again about briefly, The Gatekeeper's Guide, um, you said that each chapter opens with a ritual, okay? And uh, in the previous segment, you guys were talking about tools. So I'm a little slow, right? So... What is the difference between a ritual and a tool? Um, okay, so 
I would say that the rituals are specifically pointed uh, action, three-minute action uh, items you can do to create something in that moment. So, for example, if you're if you're feeling unsafe for some reason, you can't quite figure it out, you can do a specific protection ritual, which includes words and it includes setting something up. It includes a visualization, something specific you can do. Um, it is a tool. I mean, I would call them all tools. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, uh, in a broad sense, they're tools that you can use when using your intuition um, as a way to clear things away, as a way to feel safe, as a way to get some kind of guidance or information that you you hadn't quite uh, gotten before. Right, and that's good. That's what I was hoping, right? Because, you know, this book gives you um, empowerment and rituals that help you tap into this um, intuition. And how did you come up with the rituals? Like, I... I've seen a lot on, on different ways of doing things, but I've never really heard it so much about rituals. And how did you come up with the rituals? Well, actually, after that unusual experience in Hawaii, um, mm. because I'm, I'm a writer, uh, I just had to write about that. I, could, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, it, was, it I, after that experience, Moa came back several times. <laughs> which was quite intense, and she kept, she would sort of, it was quite humorous, actually, because uh, I would be walking across the room, and there she'd be, and I'd be, you oh. know, taking a shower, and there she'd be. Um, <laughs> and so, f- finally, you know, she g- gave me these really amazing, valuable pieces of information, not just, you know, individual pieces about my family, but but information about, you know, like, well, where are you, uh, Moa, and, like, why why are you coming to me as I'm taking a shower or as I'm walking across the room? <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah. um, I decided to write a series of books um, that ended up being a young adult science fiction series called the MOA series um, mm-hmm. about ancient cultures. So the first one is about Hawaiian ancient culture, and the second one uh, is about Egyptian ancient culture. third one is about Japanese ancient culture. So, And each one of those, has the rituals in them. And so that's, I, I came up with the rituals because they sort of flowed through as I was writing the stories mm-hmm. and weaving these very real pieces of information that I got. Um, and I sort of intuitively wrote the stories as well. So something would pop in and I would write it down and then investigate later to see if it was true. Um, and there were quite a, a few coincidences. Um, and the, the rituals were kind of born from this need to tie together this very unusual story into like almost a you know how how would someone connect with a with this information once they met a spirit um, right. so that's how it was born right and then the gatekeeper's guide I decided to pull the rituals from that series and and specifically gear it toward people who had never done anything like this before. Um, and I recorded them because it's, it's nice to be able to just relax and not have to do anything. So sometimes I listen to my own recordings because um, it's nice yeah. not to have to read or think, just kind of listen and allow the information to come in. 
Um, it's unbelievable. And I, and I guess, you know, I was so, um, mesmerized earlier. I did not mention that you're an author many times over, right? And, um, so that's, you know, you got a lot of words in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? It's I just, do. I actually, uh, I actually do. I have like 27 awards, but, um, I just published a book, an, a, a, a fiction book called Please Hold about the executive assistant world because uh, I just, uh, I, people had to know about this. Oh, God, I, you know, <laughs> I was an unusual to... place and, and all of that. But, uh, but yeah, I love writing. I'm, I, I think I, that's who I am. I sort of express myself through writing. And so, yeah. Well, lucky for us, right? Um, right. It's just incredible. So, um, what I, well, because you're sharing all this knowledge with us, which is just unbelievable, right? right? Because it, it's just such a cool thing to tap into. So I do a ritual, right? Like you mentioned in that, um, explanation that let's say you're, have a bad feeling about something and you do a ritual. What is the, um, objective? Am I summoning, um, others in the universe that may help me with my paranoia at that moment? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So a good example is um, the protection ritual. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you feel unsafe and you know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a specific person or an event or something that is making you feel uncomfortable. Um, but then what do you do with it? You know, are you really beholden to the person or the event to sort of play itself out until you can feel safe? And what I realized when I created this was, um, and it's actually the first ritual in both in the MOA series and in the Gatekeeper's Guide, um, I realized that I wanted to have control over at least that element. I thought to myself, you know, if I can control something, I want to be able to do so. So, I will just, I'll share with you exactly what's in that. Uh, so what you do is you relax, you find a space where you can be, you know, uninterrupted for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, even though the ritual's only three minutes, you want that space to be able to just relax. And, 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 uh, and then what you do is you close your eyes and you take three deep breaths. And then you imagine a circle of fire around you. And you take three more deep breaths. And then you imagine the person or the event. You try to imagine that the event is personified. So what does that look like? You know, is it a ball of light? Is it a big hairball? And you, try, you imagine that person or event coming toward you. And you keep breathing, and then you imagine that it comes up to the fire and it can't go any further. And you watch it not be able to come further, and you keep breathing. And then you watch it as it turns and it walks away. And you keep breathing. And you allow that space of safety to settle in. It's not fair. Yeah. What's not fair? I mean, you know, well, we could have, we could have used this internally 
we could have we could have been contenders. We could have been contenders. Yeah. That I mean, I I I pictured this, you know, and um, uh, I was reading something on about you, you know, um, throughout your metaphysical education, you also worked as a high level corporate executive. Right. And that's where, you know, you applied that to learn, you know, and I, I thought at a low level that we had exactly the same in common because, um, except I didn't have the education. So my ring of fire might have been the bad guy, you know, in an uncompromising or in a compromising position. Well, you would probably put the guy in the ring of fire with you. And then yeah, or why you didn't feel safe. I, you know, <laughs> right. I'd make a face at him. Right. Um, but so I get it, right? I get it. You can you can tap into that stuff to help you protect yourself in certain conditions. And is there a way, because this is something that I have trouble with, Trisha. I have trouble visualizing. I have a tough time with that. I've heard more than I've actually been able to visualize. Is there a way to kind of, is there a technique for working that visualization muscle? Absolutely. And actually, I would say maybe that's just not how you process things. So what I like to do instead of visualizing is actually, um, you know, you're not going to start a fire, obviously, but I would get up and do the ritual. So I would imagine I would sort of walk around and imagine, uh, use my imagination to like walk around where the ring would be oh, or, place, okay. or place candles place candles around me. So sort of create your visualization in a way. So, so yeah. yeah, so instead of having to do something that, and you could sort of try to visualize, but some people just aren't visual people, but you could physicalize it. So create this space where you're surrounded, say, with candles, um, and then sit there and, uh, you know, bring a doll, put a doll uh, you know, just outside the ring of fire and look at the doll and imagine, if you can, that the doll is the person or the thing. Um, and then, you know, what's kind of cool is you could actually take the doll and throw the doll out. Um, so then you're physically getting rid of the doll. Oh, I like that. I wow. think that that's great because I have not ever heard that before and I think that that's a really powerful way to do that. Yeah. And even just, you know, kind of, if you're at work, just kind of walking around and sort of, if you can't, like I wouldn't have been able to visualize as well, just kind of walking around and saying, okay, kind of putting a little circle of protection around myself this way. Um, yeah. I, you know, I have so many more questions. Uh, we're going to take another break. Mm -hmm. We'll come back. I won't be able to get to them all. Um, but okay, everyone. TStewartShoe.com. I'll say it again. T S T E W A R T S H I U.com. Um, and you'll learn a lot more about this incredible person, Trisha, and her book and other books as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some more time when we come back, so we're not done yet, but we're going to take a break. So stay with us. We will all be right back.
Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Well, I can't believe that this is our final segment because you know, you know how much I love this talk. Oh, man, me too now. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's great. And our guest today is Trisha stewart Shoe. You can learn more about Trisha at tstewartshoe, that's S-H-I-U dot com. She is an author, a speaker, a clairvoyant, and she has written seven award-winning books. And one of them is the one that we're talking about today is the Gatekeeper's Guide um, that will help you create rituals around different areas that you may either need protection or you might need guidance, need some help. Um, and Charlie actually had a question during the break that was, I think, a good question. So we were talking about clairvoyance, um, but he was saying then, what's the difference between a clairvoyant and a healer? Or this well, can you can you use your clairvoyant to heal skills to help with some healing that may be needed? Um, absolutely. Uh, so, so clairvoyance is just merely a way to interpret. So it'd be like if a doctor, you know, were at the doctor's office and the doctor came in and looked you over. Well, that'd mm. be one way of examining you. Okay, then. You know, maybe there's like, he'll hit your knee to see what your reflexes are. Uh, that's another way. And then, you know, there might be surgery or something like that. So there are different levels of healing. Um, and he's using different senses to, to help you along that way. So that's sort of on a, in a Western medicine kind of, mm-hmm. uh, explanation. As far as healing goes, ah, there's so many ways to heal. Um, and, most people use those senses to interpret information to then use healing techniques. So clairvoyance isn't a healing technique in and of itself. It's just a way to interpret information. Sort of like a spiritual MRI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a spiritual cat, cat scan. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's sort of there are medical intuitives, so people who, um, you know, Doctors are all stumped, and a medical intuitive will come in and, and you know, visit with a patient, and through their intuition and the way they interpret things, will be able to pinpoint specifically what the issue is. Um, you know, that's a, that's a way that, you know, um, someone might use their intuition to get information, and then healing is a different level. Hmm. I mean, it's so interesting. You know, like you said, we all have gifts to share. This is a special gift. It's a special gift. I know I'm, I have to admit I'm a little bit jealous of it. Yeah. But, um, and when you were talking about, I wanted to step back and when you're talking about Moa, right? And here comes Moa. She's like, you know, you're walking through the house and there she is or in the shower, which I think is like everybody's biggest fear that, you know, 
a relative is watching you as you're taking a shower. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like, I wonder if like, you know, grandpa John is here with me because I'm getting an odd feeling. But so did Moa come to you for, I mean, I know she came to you to, she had a message for you and she had messages for your, um, mother-in-law. Did she, did she also come to you at that time for a very specific purpose for you? Uh, well, she did. So here, here's a piece that I didn't share at the beginning, and that was that I, I asked for that visit. Um, mm. I didn't realize I was asking for the visit because <laughs> I just had no idea the, the consequences of me setting things up the way I did. But, but here's what happened. There was a book that I read um, called The Lightworker's Guide by Doreen Virtue. I don't know if you know oh, who that is. But, um, I do. She... You know, it was an okay book. I mean, half of the book was her her biography, and then the other half was a how-to, how to um, be psychic, how to do mediumship, how to do, you know, readings, tarot readings, that type of thing. Um, And it was my, I had never really thought about anything else. I'd visited other people that did these things, um, Mm -hmm. but I never really thought of myself as someone who could do something like that. So, honestly... I looked at the how-tos, and I just picked one. I was like, well, this might be kind of fun. <laughs> a medium-sick one. <laughs> and it was like, create a space and relax and say I'm open to information. So it was really pretty simple stuff, and it wasn't anything, you know. Well, that's because you, know. you're, you trust it, right? Yeah, because it's been with you your, your whole but life. But there wasn't an attachment to it either, right? You were just kind of playing with it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I think both of those things were in play. Like, I think it was almost one of those moments where it was the perfect timing for all of those things to come together. Like, it was almost set up perfectly. And I was so detached from it. I was like, oh, you know, this would be fun. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. Uh, and, and I literally laid down, closed my eyes, and there she was. I mean, and it was, then I opened one eye, and she was gone. And I closed my eyes, and there she was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was hilarious. I mean, and then I sort of, well, okay, I'm kind of tired anyway. I'll just keep my eyes closed and have this fun visit. And honestly, I sort of thought, well, it's a dream, you know, that kind of thing. As far yeah. as the subsequent visits, um, here's what happened. She wanted me to share with my family. So she wanted information. She gave me information about my mother-in-law, and then she said I should share stuff with my husband, who's incredibly skeptical. Um, and I said to her, that's, that's where most of the answers came, because I was like, well, I know he's going to want some answers, so <laughs> where are you? And her, her answer was, um, you know how DVRs have two tuners, or more, some of them? Uh, I'm on the other tuner. So basically what she was saying was she was, she's right there, um, but, you know, you just have to be aware of that next tuner. You just have to basically switch the tuner, but she's right there. As far as the uncomfortable situations, like walking across the room, yes, the shower thing was quite freaky. Um, <laughs> I, I said to her, I think the third time, because I, I actually went to the bathroom and she was there, and I was like, okay, this is enough. <laughs> Why do you keep coming to me when I'm in the middle of doing, you know, something? And, and basically she said, it's because you are in that unconscious 
but conscious place. You're doing something, it's sort of a, it's what mindfulness is. It's what mm-hmm. mindfulness activities do. They sort of create this lovely space where you're physically doing something, but you're detached from it in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's the perfect, it turns out, that is the perfect way to uh, divine some kind of guidance or, or connect with spirit. Oh, God. You know, I love it. We could just keep talking about this forever. I, wait, I could just imagine, and we only have like a minute or two yeah. left, but in the corporate world, how you could use that gift to, you know, for so much good, right? For you so can much help good. Yeah. everyone. Uh, don't I'm panic. Right? Yeah. Don't panic, sir. Um, uh, you can do it and blah, 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 you know. And here's how. You- here's how. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I know I'm not saying much here, but I just see the light. Right. You know? And, you know, so we have about two minutes left. And so for our listeners, is there something that they could do maybe tomorrow to help them to start tapping into this guidance? Oh, yes. Okay, so the, the number one thing that people can do mm-hmm. is to be aware, to pay attention. I know that sounds so simple. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way they can do that is to pay attention to what they see what they say, and what they do. Just pay attention. Look at me doing this. What now? Huh, that's interesting. Don't judge it. Don't do anything else. Just pay attention. I like that, too, because it's don't judge it. Just watch it. Just yeah, I know, like, it out. what yeah. I do, and I share this, too, when I speak, is when my head hits the pillow, I replay the entire day just to see how it went. You know, like you said, how did I walk from my desk to the elevator? I just, you know, I, it's kind of the same thing uh, in my own dysfunctional way, but I do see the value in there, and it does bring me a little closer to be aware. Yeah, and, and pay attention to the signs and notice the signs yeah. and write stuff down when you do get hit. So um, when this when you're finished with your next book on the executive assistant, you need to uh, come back, and we need to go over that. It's done. Oh, isn't it's it? out. Yeah, it's, it's out. out. Actually, we need to schedule because I mean, this is we need to get this out to everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'll be sharing stuff along these lines throughout the week with your website and so on, because um, the more that I hear and learn from you, the better. Well, Trisha, thank you so much. This was a great show. And like, uh, you know, like Charlie said, we'd love to have you back to talk about this some more because it's a great topic and that people need to understand that we all have disability. It's just a matter of disability. disability. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah. Uh, It was our pleasure. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day and we'll speak to you again soon. So, you know, that was a great show and I love when other people tell you this because you start believing that this uh, that this is out there. Trisha Stewart Shoe is yeah. the smartest one in the room for sure. She absolutely is. And to learn more about Trisha and to also check out her books you can go to T Stewart Shoe and that's S H I U dot com. And the name of the book is The Gatekeeper's Guide and then the name of the book around 
um, the executive world and being an executive assistant is called Please Hold, and that is going to be terrific, too. Yes. So thanks again, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. Bye, guys.